0: Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. So anyways, there's a bunch of teenagers with trick children. So on the last night, Maurice asked me to come and minister to them, which is awesome. So what, 60 of them or whatever. And we're ministering and it's... All these township kids were awesome. And so the last night we do an altar call. We're praying for the sick. It's so exciting. And now, you know, I'm, I'm praying for kids and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be awesome and trusting God for stuff. And and I start praying for them and now God starts moving, right? So that's awesome. And I'm praying for this one young girl, matric girl, laying hands on her and her two friends are standing right behind her. But I mean, it's a it's a winter school. So we don't have ushers and deacons and anything like that. It's kind of like, it's a bit raw, you know, it's like, we just kind of go with the flow. So anyway, so I'm praying, and she's being touched, and I see she starts swaying, and I'm like, and I just make eye contact like we do with her friend standing right behind her, and I'm like, okay, you've got this, right? And they're like, sure. So I'm super relaxed, and I pray for her, and the next minute she starts falling backwards, very graciously, slow, like slow motion, you know, it's like a slow fall. And I'm thinking, surely they've got her. And her two friends do this, and she's just smashed on the floor, her head's bumping. I'm like, what in the world? Anyway, so, so we've got <laughs> a variety of falling stories, which are quite fun. And then, and then they used to do this thing called ministry training for the ministry teams, You know, which is a really good thing, by the way. So there's lots of protocols, and I agree with a lot of it, but sometimes it's just not the way it goes. So we're in Zimbabwe now doing this tent outreach thing. And it's like, uh, and the guys that's joining me on the outreach, they just did ministry training at the church, which is awesome. Love ministry training. You need it, right? <laughs> anyway, but one of the things about ministry training that they taught you is, you know, if somebody manifests a demon, get them out of the room real quick, which is all, all good. But there's like that room in the back. I don't know. I don't think you guys have it, but there's a room back there. and You never know what happens there, right? I was spending time with a colored guy recently (laughs) from my He grew up in ministry. And he said, so they'll take the people in the back of that room. This is really bad Pentecostal stuff, right? So I'm sorry. They take the people back there. And then you always just hear people crying and you're thinking, oh, man, people are getting delivered. This is so good. You know, we're getting delivered. But he says he knows because his dad was the pastor. What the elders are doing with them, they're actually beating some of the guys back. They're telling them, you're drunk, you showed up drunk, don't do it again. And these guys are crying and the people are going, oh, the people are being delivered. Anyway, so, but <laughs> but this is not what happened on this particular occasion, right? So anyway, so now my friends are going and the demon is manifesting and this girl drops to the floor, uh, Shauna lady, and she starts slithering like a snake on the floor, which is awkward, right? They did not teach them about that in ministry training. So, anyway, so now this person is sliding out and he's going. I can see his mind is going, okay, but it's not supposed to happen. I don't know what to do with this. But the problem is she's sliding out underneath the tent, she's ready to escape. And one of the Zimbabwean pastors, he's going, no ways. And the next minute he dies, he jumps on top of her and he's pulling her back. He's like, and geez, and he starts rebuking this thing. And my friend's just kind of like, I'm like, buddy, ministry training means nothing here. We got to get this, got to get this thing sorted out, right? So anyway, church is fun, right? It really is. When people say it's boring, I'm like, man, you're so in the wrong place. You're just you're really just in the wrong place. It's a lot of fun. There's awesome stuff happening. Completely sidetracked now. Anyway. All right. So, <laughs> so here's the, th- this is Ministry Training 101. All right. So when they slide out, catch them. Right? <laughs> Bring them back. All right. Anyway. So the point is, we actually want to talk about disappointment this morning. So. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, right? So, Smith Wigglesworth, love him, I told you last night, he made the statement. He said, if you want to be in healing ministry, if you want the gift of healing, you need a fruit of the Spirit to accompany it called long-suffering, right? So I want to tell you, when you embark on this journey in the power of God and the supernatural and all these things, um, it is one of the most exciting, most exhilarating things you'll do in your life but it's also one of the most humbling processes in your life, okay? Because you will have incredible victories, incredible ones, and you'll have incredible loss, right? It's the way it is. And that doesn't change a thing about God's will to heal all, to do all of those things. But the reality is that we haven't arrived fully there yet. Right? We're in a process, Let's put it this way. I'm in a process, okay? And I can stand here and and tell you amazing stories about what he's done. But the back end of that is that I probably have a lot of really heartbreaking stories. Not probably. I have a lot of heartbreaking stories. So for every victory, there were a couple of losses or disappointments, right? For one dead raising, how many did we pray for that didn't get raised? For one cancer healed, how many did we pray for that didn't get healed and died? The thing is, it doesn't change for a minute anything about who He is. It doesn't change anything about who God is. It doesn't change anything about the theology that we just discussed. Like the worst thing we can do, what Andre pointed out, the worst thing we can do is to sit in a place where ungodly emotions rule our life, and then we try and when we try and formulate theology out of that space, okay So where I'm in a place of of depression or a low point or just feeling defeated and now I'm trying to shape a theology based on my emotions would be the most foolish thing that creates a stronghold in your life, right? that will not produce victory, that will not produce life. So the reality is that on this journey, like I say, you'll you'll have these awesome stories, but then you'll also have the ones that doesn't happen. And what do we do with that? Because we've got to be honest. What do we do with it? You know? Like I've stood so many times when you... Like at some point, I actually thought about it last night. And um, at some point, like... (laughs) If we prayed for back pains, it just got healed. I don't, do you know, remember the early days, we, we just, like, back pain was just our thing. You know, if the, we just, if we prayed for backs, it got healed. Like, I mean, we had people that would, would have to go in for operations that week. Remember Tani Dalian, and she would just rush to the school. I had it on Sunday nights. And, I mean, she was in constant pain for years. It was like, I, I, I wish I could find that testimony. For years, like, she couldn't sleep for years because of the pain. And she rushed to, the, rushed to the school the monday she had to go into the to you know for operation or whatever and she came in we prayed for her that night god just touched her and she was out on the floor and, and you know that was it i never heard of her again uh, until the next day or the day after and she said listen for the first time and i don't know how many years i slept pain-free like when she went to the doctor her spine was comp- like he couldn't believe it's the same x-rays like he's like it's not the same Completely healed. She never had to go for the operation. So we had story after story. Like we would stand in prayer lines like we had here. And and the one back after the other would just get healed. And then you get to this one. Like you just saw the exact same miracle happen for four or five people in a row. And then you get to this one. And you're like, okay, in Jesus' name. Because we've got this now, right? (laughs) We got this thing covered. In Jesus' name be healed. And they're like, nope. Right, and then they do it like, no, like, you know, is there sin in your life? <laughs> you know? No, is there anything, you know, we go through all of this stuff and it's just, no. And you go home and you think, Lord, you know, what was that about? <laughs> and it sucks. I'm being honest, it really sucks. Or you pray for everybody and they get healed, but your wife has got back pain and it's not getting healed. You've prayed for people, and their, you know, the bridges of their feet were reformed, but your little girl doesn't get it. And that's real, you know. And what do we do with that now? Because it's, it's tough. It doesn't feel right, and it's not. And, and is that the way it should be? No. Like everybody should be healed. We believe that, but we are on a journey. And we are learning and we are growing and we haven't arrived yet. You see, the problem with many of us is the minute that the disappointment comes, we use that as an excuse to not do it again. And we go, okay, now I'm done. You know, so look, you see, it didn't work. Where the right response would be when it doesn't work to go, why is it not working? Because it should. There's a big difference in thinking, right? Right? Some people see disappointment as, a, as, a, as an invitation or, a, or, or something that actually just um, encourages or establishes, probably all bad words, their belief system or unbelief system. To say, oh, you see, I told you. You see, this doesn't work. You see, we prayed for, we prayed for my sister who had cancer. We prayed so long, so long. And you see, I told you this stuff doesn't work. She died. Look. Yeah. And that's not God's heart. That's not God's way. And if we start living in that space, we're never going to move forward into the promises of the Lord. We're going to be stuck and we're going to become embittered Christians that lives in a place below the faith line or below the kingdom. And there's a big part of the kingdom that we're just not going to see because of our pain and our disappointment. It doesn't not make our pain and our disappointment not real. It's super real, right? It's super real. There's been loss in this room. You've had loss. You've lost loved ones. You've lost friends. You've contained it, and it didn't work. And, and now what do we say, you know? What do we say about it? Uh, a scripture I want us to look at is in Proverbs 4. I just want to read it to you real quick. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20. Um, it says, I, lo- I love Proverbs for lots of reasons, but, you know, like this first line, it says, my son, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. I love that because when I read it, I always feel it's like the father speaking to me. It's like, you know, it's the heavenly father speaking to me and going, son, I-, I need you to listen. You know, it's like, I'm going to give you some wisdom, my words, and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings, verse 21, do not let... Do not let them, my sayings, escape from your sight. Right? Keep them in the center of your heart. Ah, oh, beautiful! It's like, don't let my words escape you. No, don't let the things, the promises, the, the stuff we've been talking about this morning and last night, and and the things about who I am, the kingdom, wisdom, all of that stuff. Don't let it escape. Right? Don't don't let it leave you, but keep it what As, at the center of your heart. Isn't that so beautiful? I just love it. It's like the father sitting with his son and going, just hold on to these. They're so good. You know, like this famous guy, Graham Cook. I love him. If you don't, I'm sorry about that. But, um, But he sits and he's got this beautiful relationship with God. And he says every now and again, God would just tell him, Graham, would you just read me Psalm 91? And he's like, why, Lord? He says, oh, I just love it. Just read it to me. And he would read it to God and he says, he can hear the Lord go, oh, that's so good, Graham. Oh, could you just repeat that verse? Oh, love that. You know, isn't that beautiful? Like God going about his own words, just saying, boy, just, oh, it's so good. Just keep it in the center of your heart. Would you please just, Hank, don't, don't let it go, man. Just hold on to it. It's good stuff that I'm telling you, you know. He's good, right? Verse 22, for, for what? This is the Father speaking. He says, for what? They are life to those who find them. And healing and health to all their flesh. You know? The stuff we're speaking this weekend, it's life and it's healing to your flesh. It's hope. Okay? There's a lot of negative in the world. We really don't need to add to that. Okay? If you want bad news, it's very easy. I can point you to a couple of websites. You'll find it real quick. It's not hard. But to find good news is pretty hard. To find things that makes you come alive is pretty hard. And he says, I'm giving you it. I'm I'm speaking to you as a father. I'm speaking to you through my son. And I'm saying, hold on to these things. Hold them. It's healing to you, right? How many of you felt you're like getting healed this weekend? Not only physically, but just your heart. You're just going, oh, this is good. (laughs) Right? Just, from, just like childlike faith, just going, oh, this is so good. This is so, oh, it's awesome. And I'm listening to the stuff Andre shared this morning. And, you know, I also, we, we both teach on healing, and the, but I'm going this morning going, oh, it's good. This is so much fun. Love hearing it. Want to hear it again. Every now and again, I'll take all the miracles Jesus did, I'll just study them. Just go through them over again. I'm like, oh, remember that one? Oh, remember that one? Just study all of them. Just go over and over and just, oh, it's so nice. You know, because it's healing, it's life. It's healing in life, right? And then he goes on and he says, verse, verse 23, he says, famous verse, watch over your heart with all diligence. Why? What's in it again? What's at the center of your heart? His words. Okay? Right at the center is his words. He said, keep it at the center of your heart, those words that I give you. And then he goes, watch over it with all diligence, like, that's a lot of diligence, all of it, right? <laughs> it's a lot of diligence, all of it, right? Watch over it with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life, right? So, so either it's a fountain of life or it's going to be destruction. If I'm filled with disappointment and pain and negativity and and, and just feeding on the loss the whole time, Right? then what will spring out? It's going to be polluted water. Where it's actually supposed to be a spring of life. It's supposed to be a fountain of life that comes out of there. So watch over your heart. What's the point? What what are we allowing in our hearts? How much are we putting in there? What are we listening to? What's the voice, the lies that we believe versus the word of the Lord, the word of our Father? What is the word of our Father? It's Jesus. Right? He is God's message to humanity of acceptance, of love, of what he believes about us. He says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from its springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put devious lips far from you. So it's speaking of, of crooked, twisted words. It's speaking of perverse lips, which is deviation. It's something that's contrary to the truth. Right? So the things that's contrary to the truth, put it far from you, because that's not, that's not the word of the Lord. We, we want truth in us. We want life in us. We want those things to build us on the inside, to, to encourage us, to shape us, right? We don't want crookedness and perverseness to, to shape our mindset. Now you say perverse. What does that mean? Perverse in this context, what I'm talking about today is, is the lie that somehow what is scripturally established by the Lord because of a disappointing thing that happened to us now is not truth. That is a perversion of truth right there. Right? It's a perversion of truth. Okay. It's a perversion of, of what the Lord says. I cannot shape or change His word based on my experience. I can't do it. Right? It's not legal. I'm not allowed to do that. If he said things, then it is so. If we are not seeing it, then we have to start asking different questions. But we can't go, oh, this is a mistake. But he said it like over and over. It's not a once-off statement. You will be healed. You will heal. You will do this. It's not a once-off thing. He said it over and over. It's not a one-off statement and we go, okay, you know, we can kind of write this off as something. I mean, Isaiah 53 encapsulates the whole cross. It's like Isaiah 53 is like at the center of our theology, basically. It's the story of redemption, of the Son of God that dies, and by His stripes you were healed. It's like one of the most powerful pieces of Scripture in the Word. And in it, He says, this is the covenant, the new covenant, the the blood covenant with the blood of Jesus Christ, it is written, it is done, it is finished, it is established by His blood, that by His stripes you are healed. We can't get away from it. okay? But now disappointment comes and what do we do? He goes on, verse, verse 25, he says, Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. So again, he's going back to what is in the center of your heart? What is the focus? Where are we heading? And what do we do with this stuff now? Because it happens, right? Bad things happen, unfortunately. But it didn't change the scriptures. But it touched our hearts. <laughs> like, I'll never forget, it was a story that shaped me tremendously. It was in our early days, it was... Um, uh i think it was 2010 yeah we were married so i went to india for a second time love india it's a wild place um but i love it good hunting ground and um (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm visiting a, a group of churches but they are so new i'm like this i think i was the first missionary they ever received so um which was a little bit challenging because they didn't, you know, get a lot of protocols and they didn't understand a lot of things, which meant I had drippo guts for like 10 days straight because they're feeding me the cheapest food they can find off the street. And I'm going, dude, <laughs> like after eight days, I'm like, buddy, I think we need to just maybe change the diet a little bit because it's obviously not working. Anyway, like I ministered like five times a day. It was crazy. It was wild. Like I did birthday parties. I was like the best party trick they had for like 10 days. Like there's a birthday party. I was there. If there's anything, I just, you know. But anyway, so we're we we we're doing these meetings at night. And it's like, you know, open air village meetings and and so on. And, and there's this one young girl. I'll never forget it because it really shaped me. Uh, she was about 22 years old. And, um, but she suffered from polio, you know, when she was a child, she had polio. So she, her legs were all bent around and, and she crawled like an animal on the, on you know, on the ground. Like she couldn't walk at all. She was just like dragging her legs behind her and kind of crawling towards the meetings. But the most beautiful human being, you know, she was just, you know, streaming light and beauty, you know, amazing uh, little young lady, whatever. And um, so she comes the first night and like, you know, because we are, Excited about healing. So when you see someone like that, it's kind of, ooh, you know, not, <laughs> not in a bad way, but you see opportunity for the Lord to be glorified in that situation, right? It's not an experiment. It's real people, real lives. It's not a joke, right? And, uh, but you see opportunity. And I'm going, oh, man, Jesus, it would be so awesome if you touch her, you know, because you have compassion. You see this person and you're thinking it shouldn't be, you know, and you know God and you think, I know what he can do. I know you can do this. I know you can touch this. Er, I know you have already paid the price. You know, I have all the theology. And I'm preaching three days straight about the power of God and how he's going to heal people and do all of that stuff. And people are getting healed. We're having glorious time. And this girl, every night she comes and we pray for her. We probably spent between three to six hours just praying for her over the next three days. Our meetings would start at 10 o'clock at night and we would finish three o'clock in the morning. That's how we went. And every night we would just pray for her. I went into fasting, which was real easy because I just didn't want to be sick for a day or two. So I'm like, (laughs) bring it on. I'm going to do this for this lady, right? And we're praying every night, praying, 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 and just saying it's gonna happen. You know, we just keep trusting the Lord, keep trusting the Lord. End of day three. The next morning, about six o'clock, I need to leave to to catch a a flight to Australia, and um, and so I'm praying. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm pushing my. (laughs) It was funny. My translator fell asleep. So uh, anyway, so we keep going, and and it's not happening. She's not getting better like a little bit of improvement, which is, which is great, but man, I wanted to see her jump and run and walk and, you know, do the whole thing because that's what we're contending for. That's what I know he paid for. And and time's running out and the guy tells me, listen, no, it's done. You, you know, we need to leave. We need to, to get you out of here. And I'm going, I feel like the biggest, like just loser, to be quite honest with you. And it feels like everything crashes. I'm just like, but Lord, you know, <laughs> We're preaching this stuff. We believe it. We've we've done it. we fasted. We, you know, we're we're standing on your promise, and she's not healed. And I I feel defeated. I'm like in the dust. Where I'm going, oh, you know, I'm cry- I'm literally crying. I'm just going, I don't get this. And I'm trying to the slow walk, but it's a fast one. I'm just like I'm out of here, you know, because I'm I'm hurting. And then the next minute, I'm trying to go, and they stop me and they say, listen, there's somebody who wants to speak to you. And I'm thinking, I'm not in the mood. But anyway. And it's her parents. And I'm watching from a distance and they are crying, ugly cry. I'm going, oh, this is not helpful, right? Because I'm already feeling the way I'm feeling. Now they're crying as well. And immediately in my mind, I'm going, how am I going to explain this? You know, like I have to stand up for God now, you know, and defend Him because that's what we do, but it's hurting. And I go to them, and the translator is speaking, and she's on the ground still, and I, you know I'm just kind of going, "Can we just get this over with and catch your airplane and feel better?" you know <laughs> and um, And they're crying, and I'm waiting for it through the translator now I ever going to be disappointed and blah blah blah, all of that. And the next minute, um he looks at me and he says to me, "They just want to thank you." And I'm going, "What?" I'm going, okay. <laughs> and he says. And he starts crying as he's translating. He says, I just want to say thank you. They've never felt so much love in their whole lives as they did over the three days that you were ministering to her. And I just stood there and I just started weeping. I'm like, oh, Lord. You know, in all things, he leads us to victory. And that day I realized it's the result is not What is the goal? The goal of our instruction, I think it's 1 Timothy 1, 6, is what? Is love. Right? So what, what did they feel when we ministered to them? What did they experience while we're praying for that sick person? Irrelevant of the result. Did they feel like they saw something of the heart of Jesus, even when it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to? Because for her it did. She felt Jesus. I felt destroyed and defeated and they felt, we never felt so much love. Do I want her to rather stand up? Yes, for sure. But love is the, the goal. It is an encounter with Jesus. And the encounter with Jesus in that story was they felt his love. You know? How many times have we stood at the bed of a dying person? Like, that one knows, she's the one that catches my downside. Where they phone you and they're like, listen, my, my husband is dying, my child is dying, please come. We heard about, you know, what God is doing, could you come? And you rush to the hospital and you pray and you spend hours and, and then they die. <laughs> and what do you say? You know, my mom passed away in 2016. Uh, She weren't raised. My brother-in-law's twin baby was born dead. They waited a week for us. We were in the U.S. They waited a week before they started anything called a funeral because they wanted us to pray for the baby. And we prayed and we prayed and didn't get raised. And so the stories go on, right? And I'm not doing this to make you negative. I'm doing this to say it's real. You know, we've flown to people, uh, people, friends that are sick and on dead, deathbeds and, and, uh, and people say, you know, and we decide we feel like we need to go and we go and, and we pray and then they come back for a while and then they go after a while. And you go, okay, well, what do you do with that? Where do you put that? In your theology, and your... In your thinking. Because the issue is, if if that is what shapes me, right? Because it's twofold. The one side is people go, okay, but then I'm just not going to do it because it's too painful. I'm just not going to do it because it hurts too much. I'm not going to go there because what if it doesn't happen, right? Which is no way to live. It's no way to live. We can't live like that because we're worried about what if it doesn't happen. That's not a biblically correct position to take. That's not a position of faith. That is based. That decision is based out of the fear of failure, which is nothing close to anything that the gospel wants us to be. It's like people say about that stuff like, you know, adoption even or things like that or taking in kids. They're like, no, I could never do that because it'd just be too painful. Listen to the words. I can never do that because it's too painful. So who are you preserving in that moment? I thought he said, take up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. The reality that pain might be somewhere in that story Is not permission to not step out in faith. If he can raise the dead, I'm sure he can heal your heart if things doesn't happen. If he can heal cancer, he can heal the feeling of loss. Right? The cross is bigger than all of those things. Than all of those things. And sometimes the testimony is the fact that you did face loss, but the way you stood in the Lord after that, sometimes is a bigger sign and a wonder than a dead raising. Because you become a testimony of hope, saying that, listen, I had the biggest loss. It didn't work. I, I buried the person I love dearest in my life, but I'm holding on to Jesus. And look at what He's doing in my life now. He's actually healing me, and I'm supposed to be crushed, but I'm not. Does it hurt of course it hurts but but Jesus upholds us and he does something and you become a testimony in that way we must trust him listen you must trust him that irrelevant of the result there will be a testimony there will be a testimony Either way, there's going to be a testimony of his goodness in our life. Because he said, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, in all things he leads us into triumph. Listen again, in all things he leads us into triumph. So it doesn't matter the result. What matters is obedience. What matters is that we do what he asks of us and then we grow when it doesn't happen, the right question is not like, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? The right question is, why didn't it happen? Is there something I need to change? Can I surrender more? Lord, what am I missing? The disciples got this in Matthew 17 when they couldn't cast the demon out of that boy, right? And then Jesus comes and He's like, you faithless generation, you're like, oh, poor guys. You know? <laughs> and He's like, you know, how long should I still be with you? You kind of go, oh, that's a bit hard. You know, that's what it feels like. And then Jesus does his one-word deliverance process and the thing goes, right? And then what did did the disciples do? That is so important. What did they do? They went to him and said, Lord, why didn't it happen? Isn't it awesome? And then what did he tell them? This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. That kind is unbelief, not a deaf dumb spirit. It's unbelief. This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Unbelief. Right? Unbelief. Okay? So the point is, they ran back to the source, to the one who said, I'm the healer. That, that must be our approach in life. That whatever happens, whatever disappointment comes, that we run back to him and say, Lord, why did I hit the wall? What happened here? What is, what is not, you know, what am I missing? And he's the only one that can comfort us, that can give solutions to the question. Okay? Because what is the other province, uh, pro- promise of God? Second Corinthians 1, verse, verse 3 and 5. You can quickly put that on there. I love it. It says Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, of, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Just pause there. He's the God of what? All comfort. All comfort, right? He can heal us emotionally, physically. He can comfort us through anything. It's possible because He has the capacity. But somehow we, we we kind of get so stuck on the result that we want, which I understand, and we go for it. We're not going to stop going for it, right? But sometimes when we don't see that, it's almost like we feel, okay, well, he failed on this, so he's going to fail on all the other stuff as well. You know? But he said, I will always lead you into triumph. Irrelevant of what happens around us, he wants to lead us into victory. He's the God of all comfort. All comfort. Right? He says... Who comforts and encourages us in every trouble. Say every trouble. Every trouble. He can comfort us. We've become really good at making excuses for unbelief, to justify our unbelief. We've become really good at making excuses for living in bondage because if you only knew what happened to me. Ah, but you don't know what happened to me. Listen, and and I'm not trying to be callous or anything, but because there's horrible stories out there. Things that happen to people, things that people have done to each other, loss, disappointment, faith, all of this stuff. Like you sometimes listen to it and you go, Lord. Like this one, you know, I know you can do anything, but even this feels a bit hard for me, you know, in my faith level. But he says, I can comfort you in all things. In every trouble, God can bring healing. Your childhood trouble, the abuse that happened to you, the, the, you know, the stuff in life. He can deliver us out of every single one of those things. He can comfort us. The loss, the pain, the not having, the, all of those things. It's his nature. He says, In every trouble so that we will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. It's a lot of comforts in there. For just as Christ's sufferings are ours in abundance. Did did you hear that? For just as Christ's sufferings are ours in abundance. It's like people love Philippians 3. Oh, we want the resurrection life part. But there's a part before that that everybody skips. As we share in His sufferings, we will also share in His resurrection. What are those sufferings? Jesus comes to the grave in John 11. Lazarus is dead. He knows he's going to raise him from the dead. I love that. He knows it. And then the longest verse in the Bible. No, I'm kidding. The shortest one. John 11:35. 35. And Jesus wept. Why? Because he saw the pain of a group of people. He saw the suffering. He saw the pain. He saw what they went through. He saw the heartbreak. And he wept. And he goes, I see you. I see you. I see your pain. He's not callous to these things, right? Hebrews 4, what is it? 15, 16. He, he, we thank God that we have this high priest who what? Who understands our, he, he empathizes with us. He understands what we go through. He's not hard. He's not hard. And Jesus wept. He knew he's going to raise him. But he felt for the people. He feels for us in our loss. And he says, but I can comfort you in that too. I can come through in this part as well. For just as Christ's sufferings are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Just as our sufferings are in abundance, so also is the comfort. Right? Right? He wants to comfort us. He wants to heal our broken hearts. He wants to set us on a different path. That's why the gifts of the Spirit does need the accompaniment of the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Righteousness, peace, joy, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Right? Right? It's, a, it's two hands of the same boxer, if you want to put it like that. It's the fruit and the gifts. It's the power and the nature. Power and nature. Listen to me. The early church believed that to summarize God, it was about two things, power and nature. The character of God and the power of God, that's what made him who he is. You cannot separate it. We cannot separate it. It's the nature and the power of God in us. So it's the, the ability to see the miraculous and also the miraculous to when it doesn't happen, to still be comforted and strong and full of hope and full of life and full of trust and to be a blessing to others. Right? It always fascinates me when you see people that's going through terrible things, but they encourage you. And you go, this is the wrong way around. How is that possible? It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's miraculous. It's God saying to us, you are stronger than you think. Not because of you, but because of who's in you. Right? It's, if, if we want to journey into this thing, if we want to journey into the power of God, if we want to see that, we have to understand that you are going to learn a side of your strength that you didn't know existed, a side of God that you didn't know existed, and you have to be willing to hold on to that and say, Lord, I'm going to go through as irrelevant of what happens. Right? Jesus said for a reason in Matthew, what is it, 11:6. 6. He said, and blessed are those who are not, what, offended by me. Because he knew some of us will be. He said it to John. The Baptist, the greatest prophet of all times. He just said it the verse after. He's the greatest of all the prophets, right? And, but, but he knew John is going to be offended. Why? Because he's not going to pull him out of prison. John is about to lose his head. And he's not getting freed. Why? I don't know. Right? Think of the guy at the gate, beautiful. Right? Acts chapter 3. That guy was his whole life paralyzed. Jesus must have walked by him. I don't know how many times. On his way to the temple. Have you ever thought about that? How many times did Jesus walk by that guy and he didn't heal him? Ah, now that's confusing, right? Why didn't he heal him? Because he was setting up John and Peter. He was setting John and Peter up. So that one day when he's in heaven, they're going to walk by there and they're going to go, oh, And the whole Israel, the whole Jerusalem is going to be in a stir because this guy got healed. What if the thing? I have this theory, right? Can I share it with you? Like, because God marks out our territory. Agreed? No? Yeah? Uh, Okay. So God marks out our territory. That guy at the gate, beautiful, was designated to Peter and John. But now, Peter and John had a disappointment two weeks before, and they decided, no, we're done with the healing ministry. So the guy at the gate, beautiful, is stuck. Okay? And obviously, God doesn't work s- structured like that exactly. But do you hear what I'm saying? What if, what if there's stuff that's not happening when I pray because it's supposed to happen when you pray? Because God wants to do something in your life. Yeah, He wants to heal that person, but He actually wants to do something in you. But now half of us is going, No, thank you, we're not doing this. And I'm going, More territory for me. Thank you very much, Jesus. I'm going to take your story, and I'm going to take your story, and I'm going to take your story, and I'm going to love taking it. You are going to want to quit. You will want to say, No, this is not working. But it's not the heart of God. He is so good. He's so awesome. And even if we don't understand, we just have to go, Lord, I'm going to keep tracking according to the Word, right? I made a decision way back when friends didn't get healed, people that we love deeply, they didn't get the breakthrough. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so done with this thing because it's painful. right? It's not, it's not, I don't enjoy this. And then one day I was just going, but I can't get away from the scriptural truth, Right? So I made a deal. I said, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. I can give you this promise. I'm going to keep putting my hands on people. You're going to do it or you're not going to do it in any way. It's not my responsibility, that part. My responsibility is to do this and by faith to stand in that gap and to declare the word of the Lord and leave the result in His hands irrelevant, right? Because if I take the loss, then I need to take the victory as well. Ooh." So if I put the loss on me, then I need to take the healing on me as well. So that means I'm stealing his glory. Does that sound right? No. Right? That's not the way we function. He said he's going to do it. If it's not happening today, I don't know why. Then tomorrow we do it again. Last story that I'm going to end. One of my friends in in Mexico, they've got an amazing ministry there. He told the story a couple of years ago. It just broke me. Uh, they had a pastor in the work. She was on fire, the pastor's wife, amazing woman of God. Then the next minute, she falls sick. And she goes from being like an energy ball, serving, praying, doing her thing to a vegetable, like, like that. Right? They have seen in their work, they've raised, not him himself, but the whole work. They've raised almost 600 people from the dead. So there's a bit of power flowing there. Amen, right? They, so, so they so they start praying and they're organized, they're militant, so they'll send someone there every week to pray for this lady, right? And nothing happens. And then he tells the story one day, he says, but one day she gets healed. Like, awesome story, she stands up completely healed, all of that stuff. And, and, and But he, the part that he only mentioned afterwards, he said, it took 28 years. She was sick for 28 years, and every week they kept praying, praying. Praying until 28 years later, she gets her breakthrough. Now I, now we can go about this always. Why did it take 28 years? What's wrong? This and that. That's not the point. The point is they didn't stop. They didn't stop. And trust me, there was reason for disappointment in that, in that moment, right? But they didn't stop. My loss cannot make me stop because if I stop here, what about the next person that should be raised from the dead? But now I've given up and they don't get their breakthrough because I'm another bitter, disappointed Christian. Right? We we can't live in that space and it's hard. Listen, it's hard. I know. But we've got to hold on to Him in every season of life, right? On the mountaintop and on the valley. Because he will comfort us. That's a fact. He will. And we've got to realize that today's disappointment, it's hard, but there might be victory waiting tomorrow. Imagine, you know, imagine Bill Johnson stopped praying for the sick after his first disappointment. Imagine Bonker said, oh, no, I'm done when that person didn't get born again. He tried evangelistic meeting, they didn't get born again. Okay, there goes go, 76 million souls. Imagine Jesus going the first time they persecuted him. Oh no, this is too hard, Father. I'm not doing this. Remember the first time I wanted to stone him? And he just said, oh no, Lord, look, they don't even want to listen to me. No, oh, I'm done. I quit. Aren't you grateful he didn't? Right, we have to allow him to comfort us today. We must allow him to comfort us. You know, some things we might not see in our lifetime, but we're going to see the completion definitely when he returns. All will be healed. I'm hoping for today. But if it's not today, then we're going to try again tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, then, well, it's coming. And what if we pay a price so that the next generation can walk in it? Right? And we keep pushing and pushing until it breaks. Until it breaks. Right? But today, now, we want to see that comfort flow over disappointment. Yeah, there's a strength available to us as believers that nobody else in the world can have. There's a power of character available to us that nobody else in the world can have. And when the world is spinning out, we manifest Him in His glory, in power and in nature. Right? What if we can become people, and we're going to talk healing again tonight, and we're going to go flat out for it. Right? Right? we're not but I want to ask you this question I often used to ask it to guys like in, in situations I say what if you know I, I got sick right after I got born again ended up in the hospital for weeks I went from a semi sports professional uh, to a guy sitting in a wheelchair that couldn't hold a bottle of water because I was shaking too much you know and um, I'm sitting there and I'm, I could just got born again I'm so full of God and Oh, so excited. And, you know, but I can't move. I'm not getting healed. And then one morning I just decided, well, I'm stuck in this position. And I started going, wow, look at all the people around me. They look terrible. And they were thinking I look terrible. And I'm going, well, I can help them. I can help them. I'm not healed, but, man, I can help them. And I just started serving everybody in my little, whatever you call that, the hospital rooms, soul. <laughs> Right? Ward, that's a good word. Right? I just started serving everybody. And I just started helping them. I just said, Well, I'm gonna make a difference, despite, you know, in spite of the, the, the issue at hand, which is an issue, but I can still be a blessing. It's like Jesus hanging on a cross and he's still a blessing to the guy next to him, he's still a blessing to his mother, he's still setting them up, right? he knows what's coming but he's like in the meanwhile (laughs) you know that's the kind of people we need to be as well because if we can carry if Bill Johnson said a thing oh my goodness he said if God cannot trust you in disappointment how can he trust you with success if we cannot be trusted in the desert how can he take us to a mountaintop You know? So I want to pray over you and I want to pray for disappointment. And I want to ask you just to stand there and let's be honest. just Let's just be bold for a minute. How many of you are struggling with disappointment? Just put up your hand. Yeah. It's real. I told you. I realized I was offended. I didn't think I was. And I'm like, oops, (laughs) a little bit offended. Because I wanted his power to work the way I wanted to. And that's not kind of the way it functions. Man, then it sucks. It's painful. But isn't he also the guy that said, if one door shuts, another one will open. If challenge come on this side, there will not a temptation come to you or a test come to you that is above anything, that he will open a door of victory on the other side. Very free translation, but that's somewhere there in 2 Corinthians 10, I think. So if it doesn't work out this way, surely he's got something else up his sleeve, okay? And listen, it is not not—it's not easy, but we, sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut and just go, okay, come on, Lord. And this is what I want to pray, that comfort will come. So open your hands. Even those that's not disappointed, I want you to pray for a strength of character that would just be a light and a testimony to the Lord in every season. In every season. Lord, we want to be a burning bush for you. We want to be a burning bright light in every season of life. And Lord, I'm so sorry, Lord. Man, such a cheap thing to say knowing that you weep. You see the stories that hurt our hearts. And once we really wanted to see that thing we really wanted, it didn't happen. And it sucks because it's not your design. It's not your plan. I know it's not your plan. It's not God's plan for your life. Listen, it wasn't His plan. You've got to hear me. It wasn't His will. It was not His will. He wasn't trying to teach you something. That's not His way. It's not. But He will will take you to glory out of this thing. And Lord, I pray that you'll just release comfort right now. The comfort of heaven just flood people's hearts. And I know it doesn't even make sense for us, Lord. We think like it's not even possible. No, it is. It is. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And you will be a testimony. You need to hear me. You will be a testimony of the goodness of the Lord, of the power of the Lord. No matter what it looks like, you're going to be a testimony. I heard of a missionary one time. His whole life he served this group of people. Man, they suffered. They paid a price. They had one convert. One, and you think God is—they are heroes, man. I love the story of stories where a whole nation comes to the Lord. But those people died, winning one to Jesus. And you think what incredible, incredible courage that they have—just one, a whole life. And you think, oh, they're failures, and God goes, oh my goodness, you got me one. You spent a lifetime to win one. Isn't that phenomenal? That's a Euro. So Lord, whatever it is, you release comfort and you release understanding in this hour and you're opening a different door. You're opening something else. And I pray, I pray, Lord, that we'll see what you're doing, that we'll see it, Lord, that we'll see it in the name of Jesus. We'll see it as we just look to you knowing that you will comfort us, knowing that you would heal our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to mention whatever that loss is, that thing that comes to mind now between you and the Lord. I don't need to hear. Nobody needs to hear. I want you to say it to Him. Just tell Him, Lord, I'm angry and hurt about this. He knows it anyway. And now you ask him, Lord, give me your perspective on it. Because I know you're good, but I'm surely not getting it now. So, Lord, I pray come and break through our strongholds, come and break through our perceptions right now. And just release comfort, comfort, comfort in the name of Jesus. We let go of disappointment, right? I believe God is healing childhood issues, stuff that happened to you when you were a child. He's touching that right now, right? God is healing people that were abused at some point in life and that build a block. God wants to heal hearts in every way, words that were spoken, God wants to heal you where you contended, you fasted, you prayed, you did everything and it didn't happen the way you wanted to. And that disappointment is just sitting there and it's hurting and God wants to take that today. None of it was in vain. You hear me? It's never in vain. And even when we don't understand We just come to you, Lord, and we just say, Lord, just come and heal our hearts. Help us to see. And if we don't see, it's okay. But help us to stand up in this season, to not be crushed, to not be crushed. Because we're not. We're not those, remember? We're not those. And if we can trust you for a miracle, we can trust you for a miracle in our own hearts as well. So I want you to say this. Say, Lord, I forgive you. You say, that doesn't make sense. No, it does. I forgive you, Lord. But forgive me too. Because I'm not seeing it the way you're seeing it. Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for healing me today. Thank You for healing us today, taking our disappointment. You paid for it. We surrender. We surrender our pain. We surrender it. Some of you just go on your knees if you want to just for a minute. I'm going to spend one more minute. If you want to just do it, just say we, we leave this stuff. We surrender it at your feet. We lay our burdens at the feet of Jesus. That means we don't pick them up again. Just lay it at your feet. Just lay it there. Just give all of it to him. All of it. Whatever is heavy right now, whatever, just give it to him. Let's get out of regret. Let's get out of, oh, but it was a mistake, or this was a mistake. No, no, no. We're, we're way beyond that. We're way beyond that, right? We're in the Lord.
1: No condemnation,
0: none of that. We just surrender stuff. Name it, Name everything that's just coming up. Just throw it out, just pour out before the Lord. That person that said that, that one that did that, that thing that didn't happen, just pour it out. Let's empty ourselves out before the Lord of all these things.. <laughs> Ooh, some of you need to do it with money. You sowed and, and it kind of in a weird way it didn't work the way you thought, but it might still be coming. Business stuff, marriage stuff, children's stuff. Thank you, Jesus. doing this I feel like some of you if you've got any like breathing issues, lung issues I feel like something is just going to break even in this moment you're not going to do much, I'm just going to release that so Lord just let that just break over people, anxiety stuff just things God that's caused by this, just let go just let go Heal our bodies, Lord, as you're healing our hearts. That we might prosper even as our soul prospers. Just release. Sure. You're such a good father. You're so amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. ask if if you want just look at the person next to you if it's a man like man man woman woman possibly just put, put a hand on somebody next to you and i don't have to be a deep thing just put your hand on them and just start praying comfort over whoever is sitting next to you just pray for that person just pray the lord's comfort and whatever happened that god will just come and comfort That he will encourage in all trouble in all trouble he is that one Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And It's like I can sense how the the appetite for risk is going to open up, even as we pray for each other now. Right, so I really want you to press into this, pray, because I feel as the comfort comes, the desire to take risk is going to grow again. It's five steps, it's going to be so... It's gonna invigorate you to do it where now it's scaring you. You're gonna go, oh my goodness, I wanna do this. I can't wait to take a faith risk again. So just pray, comfort, comfort, encouragement. Lord, we just release that right now. And as you're doing it, you're actually stirring faith. You're opening just the next level of faith that we can step into the glory, into the supernatural, into the things that you wanna do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just release us today, Lord. Release people of our captivity in our past. We let go of the past right now. We let it go, Lord, and we step into the future. We, we don't hold on to the past. We hold on to the future. We hold on to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that all things will work together for good. And it's such a rich promise. It will work together for good. Doesn't matter if we can see it or not. He's awesome. He can. He can see it and he will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So let's stand up, right? Let's stand up. If you can't stand up, we really need to come and pray for you for healing. Unless it's the Lord pulling you into the concrete, that's a good thing, right? Okay, so this is how we're going to end. I love David. David, when, when, when he heard that his child is going to die, he fasted sackcloth and ashes for seven days. And he begged and God said, I'm not doing it. And he still begged. Love it. And then it didn't happen. And they came to him and they said, the baby's dead. And it's beautiful. He said, he got up, he put anointing on him. He, he removed the sackcloth and the ashes and he lived life. Right? It's hard. And then God gave him Solomon. God comes to Joshua who loved Moses and he said, my servant is dead. Now get up and let's take the promised land. And I know it wants to break when you hear this. I'm sorry, but we're going to stand up. I'm going to count to three and you're going to praise him like you've never praised him before. You're going to thank him. You're going to worship him. You're going to thank him for the promised land. Just going to say, thank you, Jesus, right? Because we're going to give him praise in our pain as well, right? It's a sacrifice of praise that we're going to give right now. So I'm going to count to three. However that looks for you, I don't care. And you just start praising
1: Jesus, right? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you for a promised land that is waiting. Thank you for destiny, Lord. Thank you for the beauty of the richness of your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I am an overcomer. I am more than victorious. And all things you will lead me into triumph, Lord. Thank you that I will be a testimony of your goodness. Thank you that you are opening a different door. You're doing something. And we're going to see it in our days, Lord. We're gonna see it, Lord. We will walk in the joy of heaven. We will be a sign and a wonder to the nations, Lord. We are taking territory, Lord, based on your promise, not based on what didn't happen, but we are taking new ground, new ground, new ground, new ground, new ground in the name of Jesus. And wherever we set our foot, you will give it to us, Lord. You are building a testimony for your glory in my life. You are building a testimony for your glory in my life. Say it to him. My life will glorify you. My life will bring you glory. Lord, my pain will bring you glory.
0: Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.